1: My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? The Biden administration over the past few months has announced vaccine and testing mandates for a huge portion of the American workforce. As your president, I'm announcing tonight a new plan to require more Americans to be vaccinated to combat those blocking public health. My plan also increases testing, protects our economy, and will make our kids safer in schools. It consists of six broad These mandates of apply to federal workers, federal contractors, most health care workers, and just last week, the administration finally released rules that apply to private businesses with 100 or more employees. Now that the details are out there, Biden is facing a lot of pushback in political discourse, but also in the courts. He wants to mandate vaccines and testing. But can he do that? This is, in fact, Can He Do That? A podcast about the powers and limitations of American government in a time of deep division. I'm Allison Michaels. Later in the show, I talked to a legal expert about presidential powers when it comes to vaccines. But first, I wanted to understand where exactly things stand with Biden's efforts now.
0: We've seen a raft of private and public vaccine requirements come down in the last couple months that started really in full swing around the time the Delta variant spiked.
1: Eli Rosenberg reports on work and labor for The Washington Post.
0: At the federal level, there's a requirement that uh, federal contractors have to require vaccines amongst their workers. The most contentious issue is the uh, vaccine mandate that just came down for private companies from OSHA. That's a requirement that private companies of 100 or more employees require that their staff get vaccinated or tested weekly or some combination of the two. And then there's also a requirement for federal workers and medical facilities that receive Medicare or Medicaid funding. Workers now at those facilities are required to be vaccinated and they don't face the option of getting weekly tested, given that those are medical facilities.
1: So how has Biden gone about issuing this set of mandates, these set of rules? W- what agencies is he using?
0: So the Medicare and Medicaid rule is coming through CMS, through Health and Human Services. The federal contracting rules and the requirement for private companies are coming from the Department of Labor. And again, the sort of biggest effort here is this vaccine requirement for private companies. And that's being implemented through OSHA, The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which is in charge of upholding workplace safety across the country. They've used an emergency authority they have to institute workplace rules in times of grave danger to set a standard for workplaces to regulate whether employers can operate or not without their staffs being vaccinated.
1: Can you highlight some of the key differences between these rules from OSHA for companies that have 100 or more employees versus the policies that we've seen for federal workers?
0: The rule for federal contractors and federal workers is more stringent. For federal contractors, I don't believe there's a testing option. That's a little more strict, kind of a true vaccine mandate. We've seen states like New York and California mandate that for healthcare workers. We've seen private companies obviously take it upon themselves to mandate that for their workers, something that legal experts generally say is legal. Companies are typically giving exemptions for medical and religious reasons, although the medical conditions that exempt people from taking the vaccine are actually pretty limited. I think most doctors recommend the vaccine for the wide variety of conditions out there. So in general, religious exemptions are something that are being taken advantage of by those who have legitimate religious beliefs and also potentially those seeking to get out of the vaccine for other reasons. And then again, those are the more stringent mandates. The vaccine requirement through OSHA with the weekly testing requirement is much more lenient. You know, your employer, first of all, can make the determination about whether you need to be vaccinated or not. And that was true before this mandate was instituted. But assuming, you know, in terms of the letter of the federal law, you're potentially entitled as a worker or certainly as a boss to set up a system where workers can say, We don't want to get vaccinated and we're willing to submit to weekly testing.
1: When we look at all of these rules together, how many people are affected by some sort of federally imposed vaccine mandate or set of rules around testing?
0: I believe the estimates are that this could apply to up to two thirds of the workforce in the United States. So a huge, huge, huge number of workers. The OSHA mandate alone is expected to, again, the one that applies to private businesses, is expected to cover some 84 million workers. But the caveat there being how many of those workers are going to be seeking out weekly testing, how many of those workers are already vaccinated. Conceivably, this could increase vaccination across the country and is an important part of reopening the economy. But there's no magic bullet getting the country to the levels of vaccination that a lot of public experts say we'd like to see.
1: Has the Biden administration offered any specific numbers around what they hope for outcomes as a result of these mandates?
0: I think they've been treading a fine line because... Obviously, the workplace mandates are part of the effort to make a safer environment and tamp down the pandemic in the country. But due to the way the law works, you know, ruling from OSHA has to be specifically about making workplaces more safe as well, even though we kind of have this complicated scenario where we have this wide threat that is absolutely a workplace threat, but it's also a threat beyond workplaces, of course. So I think there's a little caution there in terms of saying we're doing this to increase vaccination numbers. The Biden administration says that on average, these different mandates and requirements increase vaccination rates by about 20% in the populations they're targeted to. In New York, a lot of hospitals went from vaccination rates in the high 70% to well over 90 or 95% by the time the deadline was imposed. We've seen a lot of municipal workforces get up over the 90 92, 94% vaccination. And private companies as well are saying that compliance through these requirements is very high. United Airlines says that more than 98% of their staff is vaccinated. It might even be over 99%. So overall, it looks like there is a stubborn but small minority of people who fight these things, but the vast majority of people uh, do eventually get in line.
1: So I want to ask you about enforcement. What happens to companies or individuals who don't comply with these rules?
0: So certainly with a private mandate, employees are subject to discipline including termination if they do not comply with the requirements. We've seen a lot of opposition to these mandates amongst Hospital workers, municipal workers, places like police departments and fire departments and sanitation departments and places like New York and Chicago, where they're slightly more conservative-leaning workforces, have expressed a lot of opposition to this in recent weeks as those cities have instituted mandates. But when push comes to shove, we've seen that a large majority of workers do adhere to the rules. And those that don't are getting put on unpaid leave and at times are getting dismissed. In terms of the OSHA requirement, again, what what's happening is that requirement is being put on business owners, business owners that don't comply, face potential violations of about $13,000 per violation. Those can obviously add up if there's many violations. And for willful violations, the cost of those violations each goes up to $136,000. And again, that's for a single violation. So the potential for pretty significant financial penalties. Uh, But the majority of employers don't want to be getting in trouble with federal regulators on this stuff and largely get in line. The small percentage you don't, there will obviously be options for workers to complain or report workplaces that are out of compliance, and then OSHA can kick off its own inspection process that can potentially result in those fines. On the federal level, there are active lawsuits against every single one of these requirements. The real battle over this is going to unfold in the courts.
1: All right, Eli, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you, guys.
1: After the break, I talk to a legal expert about vaccine mandates and presidential power.
0: I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up
1: across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love—books, movies, television, music,
0: art.
2: And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course.
0: We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.
1: Biden's issued vaccine and testing rules for both the federal workforce and much of the private workforce. But I wondered how his power differs in those two worlds and how each mandate might hold up in the court of law. So I turned to someone with expertise in this.
2: I'm Wendy Parmet, the faculty director for the Center for Health Policy and Law at Northeastern University, and I've been looking at issues relating to public health law,
1: including vaccine mandates, for a long time now. I want to understand exactly where presidential power begins and ends here. So let's start with federal workers. Is it within the president's authority to mandate vaccines for them?
2: Well, the president has very broad authority to set the terms and conditions of the federal workforce. Federal workers, like all workers, have to comply with the lawful conditions of the job. So the president's power is pretty
1: clear in the federal workforce. Okay, so he generally has the authority over the federal workforce. What about federal contractors?
2: Same thing, really. So the federal government can set terms and conditions in the contracts with the businesses it does business with. Now, there are limitations and things. There are contracts that are already in place. So there are issues that can be raised. But the general idea that the president doesn't have authority over this area,
1: I think is misstated okay so essentially areas where biden is trying to enforce this mandate that are touched by the federal government while there may be some disputes about exactly how it's executed generally the consensus is that this bucket is within the president's rights
2: and i think what's important to understand is that the white house the administration i think was careful to focus on areas where there's precedent for federal regulatory authority. They didn't issue a broad mandate for the economy. They didn't say that anybody who might spread disease to anybody else in interstate commerce or anybody in the country or anybody who is a consumer and goes to a store. Although these mandates seem very broad, they really were careful to rely on areas where federal authority is the most well-established.
1: So that's interesting. Just to follow up on that point, why doesn't Biden have the authority to say, Everyone in the United States must be vaccinated.
2: There are two separate issues here. One is federalism, and the other is presidential authority. So in the federal system that we have, public health authority is generally thought of as primarily falling within the states, right? If we're going to have a general vaccine mandate, It's going to be up to the states to do it. That doesn't mean the federal government can't and hasn't for a really long time, like hundreds of years, enacted laws and enforced regulations that relate to public health. But it has to do it within specific areas. It has to hook it to some area of constitutional federal authority. And there's just no right to have a general mandate for public health. So they were careful to try to avoid that. There's also the question of presidential authority, because even if the federal government can do it, can the president do it? We have a Supreme Court, and I think if the president had tried to do something like that, the chance that this court would have upheld it would
1: have been very slim. So then let's talk more specifically about this Department of Health and Human Services requirement for hospitals, nursing homes, and other entities that receive federal money to require vaccination at those places. Is there a precedent legally for that action? For decades now,
2: the federal government, and more specifically, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, known as CMS, has used its authority under the Medicare Act to set conditions for healthcare institutions that are part of the program. In other words, you know, if you want to get federal money, you got to... Follow certain rules, and there are rules about infection control, and there are rules about how to keep patients safe, right? There are all kinds of rules. And that authority, its regulation by federal spending, has been going on for decades. It's, I think, very well established. And in some ways, this is probably the area where the federal government's authority is most certain.
1: So now let's talk about the OSHA piece of it. OSHA has said that employers with more than 100 plus employees have to require vaccination.
2: Yeah, it's important to remember that what OSHA is requiring is that employers with 100 or more workers either vaccinate and provide reasonable accommodations to those who need them, or second, to do a testing and masking strategy. So that's an option. This is not really a vaccine mandate. For example, the healthcare worker system really is, but employers are not. Employers can't opt not to vaccinate and just do testing and masking.
1: And are federal funds for that testing and masking provided within the rules of the mandate? No.
2: But to be clear, that's not unprecedented, right? I mean, OSHA has other regulations that are workplace safety regulations, and workplace safety regulations impose some costs on employers, sometimes substantial, sometimes minimal. On the other hand, right, they also save money. But OSHA is not a federal funding statute. It's it's a regulatory statute.
1: Right. The chief legal officer of the Labor Department said she thinks that this rule is legal because, OSHA has the authority to protect employees from grave dangers. Can you explain how this vaccine rule fits into that authority? Is that a a reliable legal argument?
2: So the grave risk standard is the standard that's required for a regulation like the one that OSHA promulgated the other day, which is an emergency temporary standard. It's one that the agency puts into place without going through the typical administrative process that happens for most workplace regulations. So the grave risk standard, it's the higher standard, it's harder. And I think this is going to be contested. I think it's hard to imagine that COVID is not a grave risk, but I think those challenging it will have some arguments. Some of them are saying, well, look, you waited so long, and then once you promulgated it, you're waiting till January 4th to put it in place, how can it be grave? Another issue that has come up is several justices of the Supreme Court questioned whether preventing COVID was even a compelling state interest going forward. It's a constitutional standard. It's not an OSHA standard. But, you know, if it's not compelling, is it grave? I think the case for it being a grave risk is a strong one. But I would not say it's a far gone conclusion that courts will agree.
1: We've already seen some action in the courts around this. A couple dozen states are suing Biden, and the Fifth Circuit this week blocked this effort by Biden. So what happens next?
2: So there's a lot of litigation going on. And it looks like the litigation will be consolidated, that one of the federal circuits will take the cases, and that a lottery, basically a random, you know, like the lotto, they'll pull a ball and figure out which circuit it is. And so we'll probably get one case. There may be some other cases that are coming up through other routes. And almost certainly whoever loses will go to the Supreme Court. Whether the court takes it, not clear.
1: Yeah. Do you have any expectations for how the makeup of this particular court might handle
2: this? OSHA has not had the best success rate among federal agencies in the courts historically. And right now we know we have very conservative federal judiciary with many circuits quite skeptical of federal regulatory authority with a Supreme Court that in the last 11 months hasn't seen a COVID regulation that it likes. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes On in the courts. This current Supreme Court has not shown a fondness for COVID regulations when they've gone and looked at them on uh, the merits. So on October 29th, the court refused to take a challenge to a vaccine mandate coming out of Maine. Justices Barrett and Kavanaugh wrote that they didn't think that this kind of issue should be heard on an emergency basis without full merits. So I think that there may be among some of the justices a reluctance right now to issue significant rulings in this area, but it's a very conservative court. They've been very skeptical of a wide range of actions by the Biden administration. On the other hand, you know, they haven't been jumping at the vaccine cases, but I think they may be more likely to take a federal case than a state case.
1: Based on your analysis and everything we've talked about what is your sort of interpretation of whether or not President Biden can do this? Can he implement this worker vaccine mandate with the option for testing? Is this within his power? I think the
2: answer should be that it is within his power. I think that the OSHA Act was enacted precisely to protect workers And that, given what we've seen about workplace transmission of COVID and the heavy toll that it has taken, this is a very grave risk. And, you know, there are very few workplace harms that kill more people than COVID has killed in the last year. So one way of thinking about this is if this isn't a grave risk, what is? But on the other hand, I don't know that this current Supreme Court will agree with that assessment.
1: All right. Thank you so much for your time. Nice to talk with you. This has been another episode of Can He Do That? If we answered a question you had about presidential power, consider how many more questions we can answer for you with a subscription to The Washington Post. Get the latest deal at WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. And thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That? is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by Sharla Freeland and Arjun Singh, with logo art from Greg Manifold and theme music by Ted Muldoon. There's always more to the story. I'm Leanne Caldwell, anchor of Washington Post Live.